This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. So I have so much to get into and unpack with this episode about Pure O. Um was really kind of shocked. Maybe I should have seen it coming because it's such a controversial kind of topic. Um, but I put basically a question and answer box in my Instagram stories, notifying kind of my audience that on Instagram, I was going to be doing a podcast. And if anyone had any questions about pure O or purely obsessional disorder, what were your questions? And I just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so tons of questions about pure O. But first, we're going to dive right in about what is pure O? Is it an okay term to use? Why the controversy? Why the confusion? How is it different from OCD? I've never heard of it before. What the heck is it? Um, And secondly, like, what are some clinical implications of this? How do we bring this up in therapy? How do we talk to our clients about it? How, if I'm a, a person struggling with what I think is pure O, how do I bring it up to my therapist? So these are all things that we're going to be exploring today. So first things first, when I say pure O, I'm talking about what some people like to call or kind of categorize as pure obsessional disorder or pure OCD. So this is thought to be a term that's really just just obsessions, like someone who experiences not necessarily the compulsions, but just the obsessions. And some people have a really hard time kind of, they, they struggle to just wrap their mind around this. 
I also did. <laughs> um, but I've come to have a better relationship and acceptance of the term, and I will get into all of that throughout this episode. So before I get into my own opinions and kind of the explanation of why there's such a controversy about this term, for those of you who've never heard of Pure O before, this is really about when people actually are just struggling with mental compulsions, really. So um, sometimes with Pure O, sometimes our people are under the assumption that, oh, I don't have compulsions. I just have obsessions. Um, you know, OCD, that's not really what I struggle with. I have pure O. Um, but really, from a clinical perspective, there are usually mental compulsions going on. So uh, what mental compulsions are, are going to be things like rumination, which is a big one and probably the one that we'll talk about most today in this episode. Basically, any mental engaging with an obsessive thought or an intrusive thought. So you could also do things like mentally reviewing situations, uh, just avoiding certain thoughts or resisting certain certain thoughts, uh, thought stopping, self-assurance. But again, rumination is going to be a big one. And rumination has gotten a ton of research attention lately. It's gotten a lot of talk professionally with experts and professionals in the field for OCD. And so we're going to talk a lot about rumination as well. But basically, rumination is kind of any mental engagement with your intrusive thoughts. So any kind of trying to like analyze or figure out, that's what we would call rumination potentially. And we have to, in order to wrap our mind around pure O, we have to come to the understanding that rumination is a compulsion, that rumination isn't an obsession. We have to come to the understanding that rumination is a process that we're engaging in. It's an active process. It's not a passive process. It's not something that's happening to us. It's something that we have control over and something that we can rein back in with increased awareness and increased education about it. And so we have to understand that these mental compulsions are different from a thought just occurring to you or you just having a thought. So rumination is, like I said, the main one. And if it were my guess, if someone were to come to me and say that they have pure O, I would probably guess without knowing any additional information that this person probably engages in a lot of rumination. Um, <clears throat> so you could be doing things if you feel like you have pure O or if someone has kind of told you before that you have pure O, you could be doing a lot of rumination. You could be doing a lot of self-assurance, analyzing, monitoring something. Anything that you're doing that's kind of directing attention toward a problem or something that you're uncertain about to try to figure it out or get certainty or kind of get to the bottom of something. So Dr. Stephen Phillipson actually coined the term pure O. Um, he's an expert in the field. And this term came about a long time ago when kind of the concept of OCD in the public realm and the portrayal of OCD was really about be like very behavioral compulsions. So it was all very much talked about as though OCD was about hand washing and checking and all these very outward or expressionable compulsions, right? So there was this subtype of people who were coming to Dr. Stephen Phillipson who didn't really fit into that mold, but still by all accounts had obsessive compulsive disorder. And so it's just that they didn't seemingly have these outward expressions of these behavioral compulsions, but they were still definitely doing mental compulsions. And so even Dr. Stephen Phillipson, who coined the term, is totally under the uh, assumption and, and 
acknowledges that these individuals are doing some compulsion. It's just that it's not behavioral. It's not a behavioral compulsion that they're doing. Um, that led me to Chrissy Hodges. So that's at Pure O Chrissy on Instagram. And I'll make sure to link all these people in the show notes to link you to Chrissy's Instagram. I'll also link you to more about Dr. Stephen Philipson so you guys can read more about him and kind of how he coined this term and came to that um, term in the first place. But Chrissy Hodges is a huge advocate in the OCD field. So she's um, just really, she's an author. I mean, she's just really awesome. And so she knows a lot about pure OCD. She talks and advocates a lot about pure OCD. And so she goes into a lot of detail, even just in her Instagram, about why the term and the concept pure O is really valuable for people who have OCD. But she also does a great job of stating that the term is totally inaccurate from a clinical perspective. So just to give you guys some basic background, when I heard of Pure O, when I first a couple years ago started to hear about Pure O, I was like, no, this is not legit. Like I, in residential, I would hear um, residents, uh, clients coming to me saying that they were told by a previous therapist that they have Pure O, so exposure and response prevention won't work for them, um, that they read everything about uh, you know, exposure and response prevention and that pure O wouldn't be helpful for them. And so I was kind of groomed almost from those experiences, I feel like, to have a really negative interpretation of this term. And I thought, you know what, like this is setting people up to fail, like setting people up to fail by giving them this clinically inaccurate term is not okay. Because my fear and my experience at that time was that people were coming into therapy, you know, being offered this incredible opportunity uh, to do exposure and response prevention, saying that a therapist or someone online told them that they had pure O, that they didn't have compulsions. They read about it online and basically saying that, you know, somehow this meant that ERP wasn't going to work for them and that they needed something in addition to that. And that's not correct information. Um, even Dr. Stephen Phillipson and his website will say that exposure and response prevention is still the treatment choice, like even if you have pure O versus, you know, typical OCD, even if you have more mental compulsions, exposure and response prevention is still 100% the way to go. And so I feel like these people, whether it was something that they read online or something that a therapist had told them, kind of left them with this distorted thought and this distorted expectation of their prognosis and therapy and all that stuff. And so my role at that point was having to do a lot of re-education. And now at this point, now I'm the second person or third person or fourth person kind of having to re-give this information that now conflicts with their already held belief that they don't have compulsions. And so generally I looked like the bad guy. Um, and so for the most part, like my early experiences working with people who said they had pure O or were told they had pure O, it didn't really end up well. Uh, I feel like there was just this belief that like, no, I don't have compulsions. I need something different. And it, it just never really ended up well. But as time went on and I learned a different approach to considering this term, I was like, oh, wow, I feel like a jerk now. <laughs> I, it's not my place. 
to have opinions about this term that even though it's clinically not legitimate, it's clinically inaccurate. These people do do compulsions. It's not up for me to like get rid of that term because I came to realize that pure O really is a term that brings people a lot of comfort and solidarity to those in the OCD community who struggle with this presentation that doesn't match maybe their other OCD peer counterparts, right? So I'm, you know, I was at a, I remember it was the, it was a certain Instagram post or something that I had seen that basically was an advocacy of this term because of the solidarity that it provides people who don't fit into the media portrayal of OCD with these behavioral handwashing and checking compulsions. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Like, I get it now. And so since then, I've just been a lot more lenient about my approach when I'm working with people who say they have pure O. Um, I'm a lot more understanding and kind of compassionate about it because like Chrissy Hodges advocates, right? Like even if it's not a clinically appropriate term, it's not accurate, it does provide them with this collective understanding that they do stand out in some way. And even if exposure and response prevention is the same treatment regardless, even if there are compulsions present regardless, whether they're mental or behavioral, it does help them. It does help that community to have kind of that blanket understanding that this is the term that kind of collects us together. This is a term that provides us with that solidarity that we don't get because it's not portrayed in the media. Um, So as of right now, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a fan of the term, but I do you know, even with my reservations about it and just me as a therapist wanting to be super clear about what it means and how to approach mental compulsions, I totally understand. Like I do accept and acknowledge that this isn't a term that we can or should necessarily get rid of. It brings a lot of solidarity and comfort and support to people who experience it. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. Back to Pure O and kind of the other things that might be going on. So there are, I've, I've never worked with anybody who didn't have some type of compulsion present, right? So even if it was just avoidance, even if it was just a little bit of rumination, there's usually, if not always, something there. We can always find something. And so I can see, though, why someone who's not as well-versed in exposure therapy wouldn't necessarily know the steps or know the methods in order to kind of try to see what they could do to dig out those mental rituals or what subtle, you know, behavioral rituals might be there. If they aren't, if they're kind of new to the field or new to the treatment of OCD, they might not be as able to pick up on some of those more subtle things. So I can see why, too, a a new therapist potentially might give someone the term pure O or say that someone just has obsessions when really they they do have compulsions. They are ritualizing. Even if you're even if you're saying that you, you obsess about obsessing, 
No, actually, you're ruminating about obsessing. <laughs> um, so like I said, I will link those other resources in my show notes. Another great resource, you guys, is anything basically that Dr. Michael Greenberg has to say, namely about all the work that he's done on rumination. So um, he has a really great podcast on the Fearcast podcast, and he also has another good podcast episode on the OCD stories about how rumination is a compulsion, how rumination is not an obsession. And so I think that really is intertwined with the whole pure OCD talk, um, just because we have to, again, recognize that you're not obsessing about obsessing. You're not just having intrusive thoughts all day. You're ruminating. So, so yeah. So Dr. Michael Greenberg would say, you know, that these things are controllable. They don't, rumination doesn't just happen to you. There's a choice point that occurs. And so there's kind of four steps, right? When we have a thought um, and to what extent we kind of get lost in the thought, there is a point where it it's within our own control. So first things first, a thought occurs to you. You can't necessarily help that. A thought occurs to you. That's a passive process. Thoughts occur to us all day. Second, we have awareness. So we can't really help the awareness. Like we can't necessarily help the awareness of the thought. We can be aware of the thought. We can be aware of what thought occurred to us and what the content of that thought is. But then before steps three and four are more so the choice points. Like how much are we willing to deposit into those steps three and four? And the more that we basically deposit into steps three and four, the more we're asking for it, essentially. The more we're giving into rumination and the more we're giving into that compulsive behavior. So after step one, which is just the thought occurring to us, after step two, which is awareness of the thought, then we have choice three, which is attention. How much attention are you giving to that thought? How much meaning are you assigning to that thought? Again, how much like mental money are you depositing into that thought? How much mental money are you depositing into that bank account? And then the fourth step here is analysis, right? So as we continue to bring attention to that thought and give meaning to that thought, then we start to analyze that thought, right? So that's when we really start to mentally engage with it. That's when we start to try to solve or answer these distressing problems or questions. And that's my folks, how we're getting into ruminative behavior. And so knowing that we can have a thought occur to us, we can become aware of the thought, but then it becomes a choice point. And so how much attention are we willing to give to that thought? How much meaning are we assigning to that thought? And then are we trying to solve the distressing problem or question? That's rumination. If we are visualizing something on purpose to try to check something, that's a mental ritual, right? So um, I think it's just really important as therapists to know kind of the goods, the bads, and the uglies about this term pure O so that we can continue to meet our clients in a way that's compassionate and understanding and empathic, but also educational and make sure that we are really arming our clients or our members with legitimate clinical information. And so if this podcast kind of makes you feel like, yes, this is what I'm doing. This makes so much sense to me. Or if you're a therapist, you're like, okay, this is what's happening. Listen up. So if you're out there and you're more on like the client side of things and you think that this is something that you're struggling with, you can bring it to your therapist's attention. You can, you may have OCD, you may not. 
Um, either way, you are going to benefit from talking to your therapist about getting that diagnosis. And know, again, that exposure and response prevention is still the treatment for it. Just because there aren't behavioral or observable rituals necessarily that jump out like other subtypes of OCD doesn't mean that the treatment is any different. There is just going to be a, a, an emphasis for sure on you reducing the rumination and learning ways around that. So for that reason, I would 100% see someone who specializes in the treatment of OCD. And you can find that on iocdf.org. That's the International OCD Foundation. And then in addition to that, if you're a therapist working with someone who says they have pure O, like what I wish I would have done going back in time, if I could have like re-met those individuals who said very surely that they have pure O, my recommendation would be to validate their feelings and frustrations around that first and foremost. And just understanding for yourself or reiterating to them, like the comfort that they must have found in this explanation of things that the media doesn't necessarily portray for them. Like it does portray things like hand washing or checking. So just know, right. And validate that they found a term that really hits home with them. And that, that brings them comfort that brings them solidarity in a way that they didn't have before. So kind of my advice is to meet them where they're at first and foremost while also emphasizing that exposure and response prevention works the same way. So let them know that you can help them with your expertise to kind of help them identify the rituals or compulsions that they're doing, even if they are all mental. Explain to them that with your help, you're going to be able to identify with them the things that they're doing to kind of perpetuate these, you know, intrusive thoughts, to perpetuate these anxiety behaviors. Even if it's something as simple as avoidance or rumination, which we all do from time to time, let them know once you feel comfortable too that this term isn't necessarily clinically legitimate, that it's not like a subtype of OCD, it's not a recognized disorder, and that there are going to be some rituals that you can help them catch over time and kind of rein back in. So overall, my advice is just to make sure that you're not breaking rapport immediately, like I'm sure I did in the, in the past, just because I was so touchy about this concept. Validate first and foremost the difficulty of the mental rituals while also educating them about OCD in a way that they didn't know before or maybe were not told about before. So helping them and really empowering them to use the skills and tools that are necessary to stop solving the problems and to stop mentally engaging with the thoughts. Now, make sure that you come back for my next episode. It's going to be the one where we dive all into the answers from your questions about Pure O. So I did an Instagram question box about all the questions that you guys had about Pure O. In the next episode, we're going to go all in depth about all the answers for those. So going to get into what are some treatment implications of this? How do you do exposures when there are just mental compulsions? How do you stop ruminating and all of that good stuff? So in the meanwhile, everyone, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. 
Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.